G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Welcome back to Feed for Thought. This is actually quite a quite a fun show to be, well, I don't know if it's going to be fun, but I'm going to be leading off with with a little tribute to Ian. We're actually sitting at the, the podcast, me, Wade, and Ian, and we've got a beer in hand. Yeah. yeah. And we're actually going to talk about the last 25 years of your career, mate. Awesome. So this is <laughs> this is going to be quite special. So, you know, we're, we're cheersing. We've got a beer in hand. It is a work yeah, day, but we've got a beer in hand. Yeah. We're celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> He's finally leaving. <laughs> It'll be peaceful. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you guys can leave anytime you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're at his house. So, yeah, yeah. True. His beers, yeah, but um, no, I mean, I've had the the pleasure of having the last ten years with you, mate. But um, I think it's good. I've only had that bit of history, but you guys have had a bit bit longer history. Way you've been in the industry for for over before Ian started Pioneer, yeah, about, about the same time. Very so nineteen eighty nine. I started with Pioneer. Yeah. So about the same, I I kind of started my career in the industry at about the time, Uh, very crudely when Ian uh, kicked off for Pioneer. So, so take us back to those dark ages. What was a farm system like back then? Like it was really, it was really interesting because like? I remember when I asked my former boss who I had a huge amount of respect for, a guy called Don Armstrong, because this job came up and uh, the question was, you know, should, should I go and join Pioneer? And he says, oh, he says, you're going to go and dine with the devil. And it was yeah. that, there was that intense, was that people didn't feed supplement. You, it, was all, it was the all grass way or no way. Yeah. And um, so, you know, supplements were a dirty word and May silage was very, very much in its infancy. infancy. Um, it was really, I mean, to be honest, we had one trial. There was one bit of work that had come out of Waimea West End Farm and there were some amazing farmers that were that were kind of leading the charge and we were just sort of going, oh, how do we actually make this work and what's going to be the role going forward? So that trial was like the response to supplements trial or something like yeah, that? Was it a response to May's trial? Yeah, it was something a response like, to supplements yeah. and it was it was done at Waimea West um, yeah. Dem Farm and over two or three years and basically we worked out when was the best time to feed it. But before mm. that, nothing had been done. There was mm. no trial work at all. Oh, yeah. Gary Waghorn had done a bit of work with feeding May silage to steers and in and, and terms of, you know, yep. those kind of things, but nothing had much had been done with dairy. Yeah. So you had free reign. Oh, it's yeah. great. I you were just into it. I tell you Start, what, I tell you. Yeah, a whole lot of new users, potential new users. Where were you? Where, where did you kick off? Oh, in the Waikato. Yeah, in the yeah. Waikato. But, it was, a lift. but yeah. it was really interesting. Eh? Like, because, and the debates were great the, 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 because we were really trying to work out how do you make this stuff work. And we had lots of examples, as I say, of fantastic farmers that were putting it into their systems and making good money. Uh, people like Paul Bardul, for example, he won really, was one of the really early winners of the um, Dairy Farmer of the Year. Um, Adrian and Pauline Ball were another, another couple those guys were kind of leading the way of how do we actually put this stuff into the system and make it work. And and they were, that was actually outside of what the research work was, was being done. So yeah. the research work was kind of just following on what they were doing. How, how were they doing it? Did you have feed pads back then? Or, uh, you know, that's but, a great question. You know, in the early days, because we worked out that, that if we filled the feed gap in autumn, so that was putting in 300 kilograms of dry matter to put a body condition score on cow. Still. Right. <laughs> 300. 300. Generous. It was just <laughs> generous. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you were dairy and did, so probably 150. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> rattling right. off those numbers, eh? <laughs> going out, but he's going out but, strong. No, but it was yeah. classic. So what we did was, was that we also were getting told by farmers that the wasted rate was really high. Mm. And so 
we started finding out farmers doing things like there's someone used a conveyor belt oh, yeah. and stuck a conveyor oh, yeah. belt in the middle of the paddock, which used to tow around. Another one used carpet and then put down <laughs> electric fence standards down the middle so that the cows wouldn't walk on it. Uh, someone else I know um, uh, got some old uh, logs and, and made a kind of a rudimentary feed pad. Another couple cut down a truck deck and uh, cut it in half and put sides on it and used to tow it into the race. I mean, that's how a lot of those um, palm kennel traders started. From that idea. Yeah. So these are farmers who are really innovative, saying, okay, so how do we reduce wastage? Oh, let's, let's try this. It was great. So palm kennel. Yeah. Kind yeah, of yeah. came in at around the same time? Or no, no, right, palm kennel right, was, right. was a lot later. I mean, it was in the mid-2000s, yeah. really. So prior so I was to trying that, to make you seem a bit younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, was, yeah, yeah. But it was in those days. But that was, was a new challenge. Yeah, it was a new challenge. How do we actually feed it so that we can reduce wastage and we can put it so that we can make money out of it. Mm. So in those days, I mean, I never forget uh, John Pino speaking at a conference. Uh, the topic was uh, 2,000 kilograms of solids per hectare by the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Because there were some farmers that were doing it. Yep. Uh, but, but like to do 2,000 milk solids per hectare was a big thing. Mm. To feed a tonne of maize silage was a big thing. And now we've got farmers that are feeding two tonne of maize silage and doing like 3,000 milk solids per yeah. hectare. So, so one of the things that you've, and you've mentioned this a, f a few times already, is that you got alongside a few key farmers back in, what, the two th early 2000s, late 90s, you know, there wouldn't have been obviously a lot of maize users, you know, so did you, did you go and seek those farmers out? What did you, what was yeah. your approach? That was a great question. Yes, I did. I mean, yeah. I, because I, I, I never forget um, the late uh, Professor Holmes, Colin Holmes. He said that good researchers just simply follow what farmers are already doing. And yeah. I and I remember going and I heard Jim Vanderpoel speak, you know, who's the current uh, yeah. chairman of Dairy NZ. And he had a really simple system, which I've adopted ever since. And that was the person who's getting the cows out of the paddock determines how much maize silage the cows are going to get that day. Mm. Cows were getting less than, or had left behind less than 1,500. They would get a bit more maize silage. If the cows had uh, left behind more than 1,800, they would get less maize silage. And so he used residuals in those early, early days. So he was saying, all that supplements are, are designed to do is to help me manage my pasture. Yeah. And that that message has just stuck with me, right? You know, I mean, it's just emblazoned in my, in yeah. my psyche. It's, it's nothing special about it. It's yeah. just managing pasture. So plenty of hype, plenty of discussion groups or like uh, field days that you would had back in the day? Yeah, yeah. We're, so we had a, I, I never forget, we had a, like a, a, a one-month field day tour where we wow. were actually doing two field days a day and we'd, I mean, uh, and we'd just travel the country talking about, you know, using supplements profitably. And, of course, using maize silage because that's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was paying the bills. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But it was, it, they were really exciting times because things had changed. You know, like when I first started, we had Jersey cows and we had we had pasture that had high endophyte in it. So one of the first things that happened was that I was involved in this in Northland. There was a farmer in Northland and uh, he worked alongside a guy called Mark Blackwell. So Mark Blackwell was with the dairy board in those days. And this farmer came to Mark and said, hey, look, I, I've got, I just wonder why my cows get to midday and then go and stop eating. They go and stand under trees and start drooling. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so Mark worked with a guy called Reg Keogh and they actually, they discovered endophyte. And so um, in the early days, they they took endophyte out of pasture or out of out of ryegrass and they did this trial at Northern Wairau Dam Farm at the time and they got a 20% increase in milk production. That very first year, the milk production just, you know, just jumped. Unfortunately, the pasture only lasted one year. <laughs> <laughs> so took one box. Yeah, took one, yeah but perfect. That, and the other one was, of course, there was this big drive to increase uh, milk production. So we bred out of the New Zealand cow, which is largely a doozy cow in those days, and we got overseas genetics and we got overseas. What production uh, were we doing? Oh, sheesh. 
300 a cow? Yeah, if that. Scraping. Yeah, 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 yeah if, if that. that. If that. Um, yeah. and, and cows, would, but the cows would dry themselves off in mm. body condition score four and a half. Mm. I mean, they got, you know, they always got back in calf, so we had really low empty rates because the cows got back in calf. They just didn't produce a lot of milk. Mm. So then we then we introduced American and Dutch genetics, Frisian mm. genetics and Holstein genetics, and milk production ramped up. And then they needed to be fed. And they needed to be fed yeah, and they yeah. needed to get in calf, which yeah. they didn't do. Mm. And so, so we changed the cow and we changed pasture. And then that all of a sudden meant that we had to develop new systems in order to bring it or to cope with the changes. And we had climate change occurring. Yeah. So, you know, Chris Glassie's work since 1979 at number two dairy has been showing that since that period of time, pasture has been declining. So, so one of our key ingredients has been declining. So how do we use supplements to manage pasture, but also to manage the system so that we can keep producing milk profitably. That became a big focus. Mm. Those have been the, sort of the underpinning drivers of that shift we've seen in systems change from the late 90s to a very small number of systems, four or five, and and predominantly systems one and two, Yeah, you know, all I mean, grass I, farming. Now we've actually, you know, in the last 20 years, we've just slowly seen that swing more towards sort of three, four, and five, and slightly fewer ones and twos. Yeah, I mean, I, I in the early days it was it was predominantly system one and two farms. They would have probably made up eighty percent of the farms, with about you know twenty percent being system three and four. And then there was a real small top system five farm up there. But then the but now, I mean, the system one and two farms are probably only make up ten percent, mm. uh, and then the rest are, are as you say system three, four, and five. And it wasn't profit. I mean, it, it, it was profit drivers that drove it, but I think it, a lot of it was to do with the fact that we changed the cow and we changed mm. pasture and we had climate change on top of that. And also, too, there were some very good payouts. So, you know, I never, I, I just, I, I, I think another farmer that I, that I heard speak at a field day one day who was a system, system five farmer, he said, at low payout, my aim is to, to make no less profit than a system one or two farm. Mm-hmm. Because when the payout jumps, I can actually make half a million dollars more. Yeah. That was kind of, that yeah. was his reasoning. Yeah. And that it's, makes sense. It's interesting that you raise all these uh, farmers that you've spoken to, Ian, because we've actually spoken to one or two, and and one of the messages that came out is that you had the, also had this uncanny ability to turn up when there was food on the table. Now, we know you're, you're, a, you're a man of fine dining, but they said, I don't know how he manages to turn up exactly when there's some baking or some some good food on the table. But I think it was it's it's that kind of you know hey look they they enjoyed having having you there yeah. obviously um, and and it was a reciprocal thing. You've you've talked about learning a lot of farmers. What I've seen is is obviously a lot of farmers learning a lot yeah. from you because you had that privilege of getting around a heap of farmers oh. and just transferring. It was just one. Of, it's, it's an it is an amazing privilege, as you say. It's kind of like you just take the knowledge from one and you bring it through to another, mm. and and you just have this huge privilege of being able to share different ideas. I mean, I I just I think right through my career, it has been farmers that have taught me the most, mm. and then there's been some key and science, fed you and fed you well, fed you the most. Exactly. And taking I wasn't going to say that. Taking me fishing, that was the other one. Take you fishing. <laughs> But but then there's also been some key scientists. Yeah, I mean, I think of people like Kevin McDonald. I yeah. think of Dave Clark. I think of John Roche. Yeah. I think of people, Philippa Headley. Yeah. I mean, these are people that have been some of our key thinkers in, in farm systems and have really been responsible for 
taking what farmers are doing and then sort of saying, well, look, you know, how does that work and how does this work? I mean, yeah. Jane Kay is another one. Yeah. Uh, Eric Culver. I yeah. can just keep on. Chris Glassie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, th- I think one of the things, Ian, too, that stands out from from my point of view, you know, having seen you work kind of in parallel to a lot of the roles that I've had, is that you've you've had the ability to challenge farmers scientists, rural professionals in a respectful way, yeah. but actually, you know, trying to bring everybody to a to a higher level through those conversations. Yeah. And I think that's a real unique uh, characteristic of yours to be able to, to be able to do that. And I know what you you know, I know some of the conversations you've had with some of the scientists. I think, well, good on you, you know, for, for having <laughs> uh, a crack. Because I, look, I just think I think and it's one of the concerns that I've got, and I know that we're going to do another podcast in terms of where we see the future, but one of the concerns that I've got is that we have lost the art of being able to have a good science fact-based discussion mm. that doesn't end up in sort of personal slagging or whatever. Mm. And I think that that's the concern that I've got. One of the concerns I've got for the future is how do we actually have rational science-based great discussions that benefit everybody and yeah. challenge. I mean, I think I think of... There's an old proverb that says something like, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Yeah. You know, we've got to have that debate. We've got to have that cut and thrust. We've got to have that grinding of ideas because yep. none of us hold, holds truth. Let's, I mean, uh, let's not go too far into the future uh, because yeah. <laughs> <That'll> come. <laughs> that will come in the next episode. But uh, you talk about having robust discussion and you've probably – and this might have been before your time at Pioneer, but you – a little birdie told me about a, a certain Northland discussion group that you once attended where you uh, you went to jump the fence and then uh, you thought, you know, it's just the paddock over it, but no, you ended up in the ditch. Yes. And then as you went to leave this uh, discussion group with all the farmers around, there was a uh, – you, you put your, your briefcase down to take gumboots off and then – Subsequently, yeah, uh, drove over your briefcase <laughs> right in front of all these farmers, <laughs> and that is true. That is that is an absolutely true story. First of all, who has a briefcase? <laughs> The problem was, was that I was going to see my fiance, who okay. subsequently yeah. became my wife, and I just was like so bored with this discussion group. <laughs> I was wanting it to finish because I just wanted to get down to see her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I just put so my briefcase on the ground, talk, 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 jumped on my car and drove over my briefcase. You'd be screwed these days. You'd have your tablet oh, or your laptop. That's right. Right. That's right. I was going to say, what was in your briefcase in those days? A pad and a pencil or yeah, something? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it was. There was a pad and a piece of paper. That was it. Oh, and and and, and handouts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. So yeah, times have changed a, a little. You'd say probably had to wear a blazer and a tie. Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Look, I mean, I, to be honest, twenty-five years has been a huge privilege. It's something someone asked me the other day how I felt about retiring, and the reality is that I, I'm. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited about because I mean, I see that you guys are going to take the take this thing into a whole new era because you're going to be dealing with different issues. Yeah, all um, the ones you created. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all that. That's right. Yeah. Production and profit, boys. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the reality is is that we've got some we've got some huge. Uh, it's just been a huge privilege because we have seen a lot of the farmers that work with that we've worked with become very very profitable as a result of using supplements profitably and well. Yeah. And and you know and you sort of think wow this has been this has been amazing and it's been amazing and I've always felt really privileged to be part of their business you know to see their accounts to yeah. to hear their pain at times rejoice when they've been rejoicing and celebrate success and all that sort of stuff what other what other industry could you do what yeah. other job could you do 
where you've, where you had this privilege. It's just been amazing. I was actually going to ask what the highlight was, but maybe you've summed it up yeah. there in a, in, a, in a nutshell in yeah. terms of the people that you've worked with in yeah. the industry yeah, that look, you've worked in. That, it's been people. You know, yeah. you know, it's that old proverb, hey tangata, hey tangata, hey tangata. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the way I felt. And and I've worked for a great company. I must admit that they've been, you know, the, the Yates have been amazing uh, in terms of where, their values, which they've installed in us as a company. And it's just been, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, mate, it's it's been a pleasure. Yeah. The, the the past what, nearly ten years with you, the industry has been a pleasure having you in it, and we're all 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 the better for it. So thank you very much for all your input, mate. And uh, you're not quite gone yet. You've yeah. been telling everyone you're retiring for what the last two or three <laughs> yeah. years. Quite a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just well, I just want to make it really clear, eh, hey, guys? I'm leaving. <laughs> He'll be back. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll be back. back. We'll find a job. Yeah. For him. yeah. Um, Some sheds that need sweeping or something. Yeah. Uh, look, thanks. I mean, I feel really, really humbled. I, I, as I say, I just, I'm just, I just feel very, very privileged. That's mm. what I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're a true legend, mate. Mm. So everyone who's enjoyed this, uh, do tune in because we're going to look into the future. We're going to use the Oracle that was, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to, we're going to tap into what the future may look like in, in Ian's eyes. So, um, it's been a pleasure, Ian. Uh, thanks, Wade, for for chipping in too, having a, a dig at the old fella. Everyone, get on, subscribe, like, share. Uh, we want this podcast to go nice and fast so that everyone knows about Ian's dirty secrets. Um, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Bye.